Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project, where purpose-driven leaders unite to change the game of life and business forever. Here are your hosts, Susan Hobson and Rob Kalvaroski. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. On this week's episode, we welcome Jason Eisner to the show. With Jason, we talk about how to build psychological safety and the importance of psychological safety, both in a high-performing workplace and at home. If you like to ask any questions that we would like to answer about leadership, mindset, or performance, go to Apple, leave us a review, and put your question in the review. One, the review really helps us, so we thank you in advance for that. And the second thing is we'll take those questions and answer them on the show in an upcoming Q&A episode. If you want to hear more about what I or Susan offers, go to EliteHighPerformance.com leadership. You can find us there for speaking, for leadership coaching, and for an upcoming leadership program. If you haven't yet Subscribe to the Leadership Launchpad Project on your favorite podcast platform. Tell your friends and colleagues about it. And you can also follow us on LinkedIn. Everyone, thanks for listening. And here's the episode with Jason Eisner. We are back. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. As always, I'm your host, Rob Kalvaroski, and we're here with my co-host, The Leadership Mindset Coach and former Toronto Arrow, Susan Hobson. We're pulling out the big guns today. Susan, how are you? Oh, I'm excellent, Ron. Thank you so much. I'm fired up. I'm excited about our guest today. I'm excited too. And, you know, Susan, I did a podcast or I did a panel actually about leadership on Wednesday. And they asked me about, you know, what's the definition of leadership, yada, yada, yada. And I led off with this quote that Simon Sinek talks about, and it's his quote. And he says, leadership is a choice, not a rank. Yeah. And I think it's so powerful. And because we kept getting questions in the chat from people around the world saying like, what happens when you get promoted into a leadership role? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, let's start back. Leadership is a choice. And maybe do you want to just, before we get into the nuts and bolts of Jason, like, do you want to just talk a little bit about that concept right there. Yeah, I think it, it it's really cuts to the jugular of what this whole podcast is all about for us, right? Which is, it's all about empowered leadership, which really is, yeah, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily come down to your title or your rank, right? Or your authority leadership to us here at the Leadership Launchpad Project is all about you know, the maximization of, of growth and potential. And all of that really just starts with us making the decision to really step into that leadership in terms of ourselves, right? In our relationship with self. So yeah, I do think it has to be, I mean, that really is the difference between management and leadership, right? It's not just getting people to do the tasks that, you know, they're assigned. It really is about making a choice to show up in that person's life in a way that's really going to help them mobilize and optimize their potential. So I love that. And, and then that's, powerful. that's right. And that's what we're all about here in the leadership launchpad project. And we have a special guest today and we're going to talk and dive really deep into psychological safety. And our guest today is Jason Eisner. Jason, how are you? I'm doing great. I mean, who, who could not be feeling good after that sort of intro and the energy you guys bring. So Happy to be here. 
Yeah, we're, we're happy to have you. And Jason, just to kick us off, like we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of psychological safety. But before we get there, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and like, how did you get started on your leadership journey? Yeah. Um, well, I feel like it is something I kind of stepped into at a young age, you know, like just, just playing sports, just being good at certain sports kind of gives you opportunities to be a leader. So little league, I was the captain of the team golf. I was the captain of that team. And it's like, you get tapped with this title. And then really, like you said, it's a choice. You know, what, what do you do with that? Like, what is, what do you take with that responsibility? And I've always liked putting teams together and feeling that responsibility of bringing out the best in people. And so it started there. I mean, I was always very entrepreneurial. I come from like three generations of small business owners. And so after graduating college, uh, had a few different startups that I worked at. And regardless of the position I was in, first job, I was account executive. But same thing, made that choice to take on a leadership role and end up getting to hire people, train them, get promoted. Like, so yeah, it's b- before you ever get the title, you can just kind of step into that role. Um, now, yeah, after kind of leaving the startup scene, I found that my passion was really in coaching. It was like each week, yes, I had to do, I had responsibilities in operations, finance, et cetera. But uh, the, co- the one-on-one coaching meetings I'd have with my directors, director of strategy, director of marketing, that's what I looked forward to each week. And those were the things that kind of, those were the high points in my week. So when I reflected on that, I was like, why don't I just do this full time? So I started executive coaching, uh, started working with teams, and then got connected to the Fearless Organization, which we're going to talk about today. And that's that's really how I got kind of, I feel like I'm in the the epicenter of the psychological safety world. And I'm by no means like the expert once you really talk to the experts it's like you realize there's there's levels to this game um but yeah that's kind of how i found my way here what does leadership mean to you jason i'm always curious to ask this question you mentioned that you really fell into this love for coaching and it's so funny because that's what i what i think leaders are right they're coaches yeah i mean even google did that study to figure out like what makes well, it was like, what makes a great manager? But really it was like, do we even need managers? Do we even need leaders? Or can people just be self-led? Mm-hmm. And the number one quality was coaching. So yeah, leadership to me is really about empowering other people to go beyond what they thought they could. And it took me a few iterations. Like, I don't, I don't think you start out of the gates, like doing that, feeling that a lot of people want to be leaders so that they can tell other people what to do. And I think that when it finally clicked for me was when I started just thinking of it. And the analogy I used was I'm the nurse, they're the doctor. So they're the, they're the specialists. They're the ones that are going to go in there and like do the real work. And then my job I thought was mostly to set them up for success, clear obstacles out of their way, assist in any way that I can. Um, so yeah, I think once I flipped that where it's like, you know, the, the pyramid is not this way. It's, it's the other way. So we're really there to like serve the people that we're leading. I love, I love that analogy, actually. <laughs> I think I'm going to start using that one, Jason. I really love that one. It worked for me. Like I would remind myself of that each week going into the office. And like, I think once you can finally embody that, like people really feel that you're there to serve and 
good, good things happen. And, and I think actually that ties into psychological safety, right? And I think the way it ties in is in this concept of feedback, which we've talked about a lot on this show. And it's like, if you don't have psychological safety, you're not getting what they need. And, and you therefore, you can't facilitate making those doors open. Now, before we get into that, like, let's start off here. Like, what is psychological safety and what does it mean to you? Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Um, I mean, there's a definition where it's about, you know, feeling safe to take risks. To me, if you really want to know what it is, it's like, think about impression management. When you walk into a room of new people, you're so concerned with, you want to dress well, you're worried about your posture, you're, you're trying to put on that face so that people think of you a certain way. And then you are, then there's the way you are with your family on Thanksgiving, where you're just like, loosening the belt you're laid back watching football like there's no impression management going on there yeah and so it's like how much impression management do you have to do how many calories are you burning just to stay in good standing um and so when you think about that at work it's like are you holding yourself back from asking a question because you don't want to feel stupid are you you have an idea but you're like ah like, it's not fully baked yet like i'm just going to hold that in and so it's like how much of that holding in are you doing and that that's psychological safety to me. I love it. I feel like we should dig into just how it is exactly that you work with these leaders on developing these strategies where psychological safety is concerned, right? Because yeah. I'm sure you see it like a lot of this, like we see a lot of this, right? Is like a lot of that old school 1.0 leadership style that's kind of fear-based, authoritarian mm -hmm. style dictatorships obviously annihilates psychological safety, right? And and I, I bet that you're up against that a lot when you go in and you try to roll this out in organizations. Yeah, I think there's that legacy way of leadership and management and the way companies operate, um, which I think comes from, you know, even like the nine to five workday, like where does that come from? Right. It's from the early 1900s when Henry Ford was like, how do we make the assembly line more effective? Yeah. And so we get, we get into these management principles that work at the time. And then we just keep doing them because that's the way things are done. Yeah. And like we manage people by like, put some fear on them because that's just the way things are done. That's how it was done to me. Mm -hmm. um, so when we were, when we think about psychological safety now, like it is something that happens in a team level, you know, alone, you don't have, like you do bring your own kind of stories and do I feel safe? just generally, like when I walk into a room, how anxious do I feel? Um, how much of myself am I bringing? But it's really on a team level and it varies from context to context. When I'm the manager of my marketing team, I feel great. You know, when I step into that senior leadership team and I'm on the bottom, I'm, I'm a lot more likely to keep my mouth shut. Um, so working with, like actually thinking about how we make an impact in an organization, it's got to be coming from leadership and it's got to be also done by the members of the team. You know, you talked about leadership as a choice. Everyone can make the choice to increase the level of psychological safety of the team. It is not just the leader and what they do. Leaders do have the biggest impact, but it's everybody can contribute. Someone on the team says, I'm just going to be vulnerable here and share something. It can change the entire dynamic of what's going on. 
Um, That's something, you know, we talked about a lot, Susan, is the ability for vulnerability. I, I always, I say it's like a snowplow, right? And I say like, if you show up and you're, you have, and you step out and you have the courage to be vulnerable, you can create a snowplow effect in the room where you're just plowing space for other people to step in behind you. And I think that that's a super powerful concept for people to use is like, yes, it's hard and it takes courage and, you know, it's something, but as a leader, vulnerability is such an important tool to fostering an environment like this, or even kicking off the conversation. Yeah. I think the leaders have to role model the behavior that they want other people to express and exhibit. I like that snowplow analogy. <laughs> I was in a group the other day. It was like, we were running a, a new training program. So it was people that didn't know each other, 11 people, first time that they were together. So of course there's going to be impression management. Like this is human nature. We can't, we're not going to get away from it. But then finally someone was like, you know, I'm just going to be a little vulnerable here. Everyone kind of perked up, like just that little phrase and everyone kind of like perked up, like, oh, I need to listen right now with a little more sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do want to touch on, like psychological safety can seem like this pink fluffy stuff where it's just like everyone's being nice and getting along. It really is married to accountability. You know, it's not just about being nice. It's about being able to call people out. Like, mm, I don't like that idea. Like, and here's why. And like, you have to take that feedback, which that can be, that can be the toughest part for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, one of my colleagues says it's adults treating adults like adults. Oh, I love <laughs> that branch is right back to the self-responsibility piece, right? Like we're saying leadership is, and it starts with that self-responsibility, like the choice to just like, to own it yep. and own your truth, right? And the responsibility to be able to express that in a vulnerable way. And and yeah, I just think that is just so, 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 so important when we're having this conversation. I'm curious to know though from you as an expert going into these rooms, doing this psychological safety training in a world pandemic, because, you know, Obviously, when we have any kind of uncertainty, even just on a normal day, that's not a happy time, right? right. For our brains, you, you said, you know, when people walk into rooms with new people, it's human nature, right? It's like we, we oftentimes will show up kind of armored up, right? And, mm-hmm. and in terms of the lack of vulnerability. Um, but yeah, no, I think uncertainty to this level, to this magnitude, obviously is triggering a ton of that fight, flight, kind of response, right? Response in in people's nervous systems, especially the leaders that are having to navigate their people through this or help their their people navigate their way through this disruption. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine it just, it must be even more challenging for you to have these levels of, of conversation with people. I think it's, it works in both ways. I think there's some ways that it actually helps, uh, because, Really, it's about seeing people as human. So it's like you see the room I'm in. You're like, oh, he reads these books. And like, if I had children or a dog and they came into the room, it's like you're seeing me as my real self, as as the full human that I am, even though it's only from, you know, chest up. So I think we know you're parts. not wearing pants. So it's <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> I'm wearing pants in a, in a full year. Nobody knows. Um, but I think there's that's part of it is like you get to see that there's real people on the other end and like, they have other things pulling them in other directions. Yeah. But yeah, I think you miss out on those 
just regular conversations where you get out of the meeting and you're like, you have a chance to just have a conversation. You know, no one sticks around after the Zoom call to like have that chat. Yeah. So you miss out on those things. And then it's especially tough as a leader because where normally you could just stop by someone's desk. How's it going? You know, is there anything I can help you with? Mm-hmm. Like now you have to like schedule a call with them. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, one tip I have for leaders is to make those check-ins frequent and short where instead of it being like, okay, here's our one hour bi-weekly call. It's like, there's this seriousness to it. And if you can just do like frequent, you know, it can be a five minute call, like every couple of days, Hey, just want to check in. How are things going? Just, it's going to increase the psychological safety because it just feels more natural and more conversational. And that's something I've seen when the pandemic started. Like I had a conversation with a CEO out of Australia and they already were like, they're a consulting firm and they basically have remote people all across the world. Mm -hmm. Like they have two main offices and then everyone else is scattered around. And I said to him, And I asked him, I was like, how does the pandemic, like, how did that change leadership? And like, how are you able to like build connection across? And he said, like, it actually helped them because they've switched everything from a regular phone call to video. And so he's bringing people in for these five minute where it used to be a a call or an IM. Now it's a video chat because video has become normal. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was something that, like you see organizations that do that. And then you see like my day job where nothing's video and it feels very diff- distant. And I think like you see the different styles or the different levels of leadership there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've been on calls with people, like when someone has their camera off, like you're on a zoom and someone's got their camera off. It, it's like, that's, it creates a weird dynamic or if someone's got a second screen and they're constantly looking away, like Absolutely. these are now things that can impact the, the safety that you feel of just like what's going on. Um, yeah. yeah. I had a call yesterday with a guy that was just like looking away the, the entire time. And I just wanted to, like, I didn't say it. So clearly I didn't have enough safety to say it, but wanted to say like, how do you, how do you feel like this is impacting the group right now? You right. looking away. But yeah. It's, it's definitely created a lot of changes in the way we're working. But I think the amazing part is how adaptable humans are. And we will adjust to anything. Like this is the biggest shift that's ever happened to just our daily living. And we adjust, we adapt, and we're still figuring out how it's impacting us. It's so interesting. You talk about how a lot of these legacy leadership strategies come from like the early 1900s, the industrial Mm -hmm. era, right? And so I think this is some of what I'm really trying to inspire my leaders to think about is where's the opportunity in all this disruption, right? Because I do think Um, like... There, there definitely is always opportunity dressed up in disguise as adversity. That's really what I try to compel people to really believe is true because it is. Yeah, there's a biggest opportunities for growth and all this disruption. Where do I think it is? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was going to say, so in Chinese, I learned this, there's their symbol for crisis Yeah. is they have two symbols and it's danger and opportunity. Oh, love that. And so I think if you can always frame crisis that way, like, yes, there's danger, but in that, in it, there's also tons of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's so, I mean, I don't know too much about the, the macro opportunities, but in terms of micro opportunities, this is an opportunity to just reset everything. 
like really be intentional about what you want to do with your life in work. It's like you get a break from all of it. We just hit the, we hit the stop button. And, you know, for me, it's like, I like working. I like working remotely. Um, I get to, and I, I also started working more days. Like I started picking, doing more work on Saturdays and Sundays. Cause like every day feels the same anyways. And those are actually the days like I get to, I get in more of a flow state. And that's something I really missed in my jobs where I'm always going from task to task, thing to thing. It's like, I always, I started feeling like I never got into a flow state. And so now I've discovered doing these little Saturday, Sunday morning work blocks. Mm -hmm. I actually reached that flow state and that's incredibly satisfying because it feels like it's been a decade. Um, I think that's so awesome. Yeah. I think it, I, it's, it's, it's reminding me of a conversation I had with one of my leaders this week who runs this big tech company and he's like ready to throw all that nine to five stuff completely out the window because he's, he's recognizing this, right. It's like getting that feedback. It's like where we're not having to go from here to there to everywhere. It's like obviously very disruptive to our flow state, but where's the opportunity in all of this working from home? He's, he's really seen, he's, he's noticed that feedback from his people. It's like where, where they have more opportunity to actually be able to work in a way that actually helps them, you know, get creative and think outside the box and right. everything that happens in a flow state. Right. Yeah. And companies don't need to pay for expensive rent. You know, the last company I was at, I was head of operations. We, uh, we were spending $25,000 a month on rent Yeah. Like for, and now for what, like now you realize you know, it gets taken away and you realize, oh, we didn't even need that all along. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, I think there's opportunity everywhere. Uh, I guess I'm so focused on like building this practice that it's like, I'm not really seeing the, the other economic opportunities out there, but yeah, it's definitely crisis and or danger and opportunity hitting at once. I love this whole part about what you were saying is like, it really is an opportunity for us. This is what you said you see in the disruption opportunity for us to step back, press pause and really start to distill what really matters, what's most meaningful and important to us mm -hmm. so that we can make sure that we're being fully intentional, right? About the way that we want to show up in our working world and our working lives, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think even throughout your workday, when you see little 30 minute breaks, now you have a chance. Can you go outside? Can you take a walk? Can you yeah. read a little book? Like these are things you wouldn't be able to do if you're in an office because that impression management, you have to seem like you're always working. Yeah. You know that in an eight hour day, you're not doing eight hours of work, Yeah. but yet you have to pretend that you are. Yeah. So like now you don't have to, now you can actually like do your little hobbies in your, in your breaks. Just rub it in that you're in LA, Jason. Just rub it in. <laughs> I showed it. I mean, it's, it's only 8.30, but yeah, the sun is shining. The sun's pouring through your window. <laughs> but I do think that is really where we're going to see the opportunity start to come to fruition when people, when businesses start to just let go of all of those kind of legacy pieces that just clearly are not working anymore no. and not conducive to our people being able to really optimize their potential. I think we're, we're starting to see at least some of the leaders I'm talking to are starting to really distill that feedback and notice it and, and therefore be able to really lean into the adaptation 
of possibly just mm-hmm. staying, staying working from home, you know? Yeah. A lot of companies, I mean, huge tech companies are saying indefinitely work from home. Yeah. I think the two biggest factors, I think work needs to change their expectations. Like, and then I think education needs to change with it because you kind of have education pushing you through setting the expectations of like, this is what, this is what's coming. This is what's coming. And then work pulling you in. Right. So I think those two, those are like kind of like the two poles that set our expectations of behavior, what our days are going to look like. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the shifts need to happen. And I think something like this topic, like leadership and psychological safety, these are things that should be in school. I don't know at what age, but at age. the very least, if you're going to business school, you should be learning about these things. And that was something we talked about last time, Jason, when we touched base was this concept of like, school is really designed to put you into like a nine to five job. And like, there's not much creative thought. There's not much, you know, challenging authority. You know, the teacher's always right. You, you put your hand up and you get called on and you answer the question. And I think like, like psychological safety is trying to get us away from that. Right. It's trying to get us to like less of an ego driven, management style to more like free-flowing discussions where we're able to be ourselves we're able to challenge and and pick and on ideas and share our own ideas and really work together for the good of the group like yeah i just i just think like it's such a huge concept and like with susan we talk about beliefs and where they're formed and they're all formed before we're like seven eight years old Mm -hmm. and you know, like, what are we doing from four to seven? We're in a classroom. Right. Being taught not to, you know, kids on leashes, you know, it's like, don't even let go of your leash. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of makes me think about, so I've been learning a little bit about power distance lately, which is an interesting topic. And yeah, in power distance is really like the gap between um the feeling of power between the leader and the members of the group. So like in a classroom, big power distance, teachers in full control, students are all down there. It also differs from country to country. So like Asian countries tend to have a greater power distance. You know, think about North Korea, the power distance between their leader and the mass of people that, that view him almost more than human. And then, yeah, the U S tends to be like, not the lowest, but lower on power distance. Um, but I think that's a big factor in we're asking people to step up and bring ideas, but if the power distance is too great, there's like way more to overcome of stepping out of bounds and coming up with that new idea. And so, yeah, I think if schools, like, that's kind of what you're talking about. We're, we're being trained in schools to just do what we're told, et cetera. And then we get into work and they're like, be innovative. And it's like, you've just trained me for the last 20 years not to be. Yeah, exactly. How do we overcome that? Um, I think first is the belief that that there is a better way. You know, I think like psychological safety is this topic where I think you have to believe that this is actually going to get you better results. That if I'm getting ideas coming from all parts of my team, all parts of my organization, and if all of those little individual conversations are a little bit better, that's going to turn into just greater results overall. So I think first you have to have that belief and then you have to start like everyone has to do the work themselves. 
you really have to look at yourself and start thinking like, am I, am I modeling the behavior that I expect to see in others? You know, I think a lot of leaders are like, they bring some topic in psychological safety. Okay. We're doing it. Where are the ideas? Why are you like, you know, they have to look at themselves and, and start to lead by example and lead with vulnerability and lead with, you know, I don't know everything and I need input here. Um, so I think we, as much as we want to change everything, it really starts with people taking stock of themselves. Power within rather than power over, right? That's essentially yeah. what you're describing. It's just like, that is what we talked about at the start of this show, right? At the start of this episode, it's like yeah. really a leader's job to, to awaken the power within their people because that's where they're actually going to start to step into responsibility with what it is that we're all, you know, challenging ourselves to come together and figure out, right? It's where you'll start to get that leaning in and that engagement. And, and ultimately it's like, it's where you develop the trust, right? Because if you're saying, no, I don't have the answer. Do you have the answer? And you're the leader, like, hello, you're saying, I trust you. You, I, I believe in your capacity to figure this out with me. Like ultimately it awakens all that power within that person, right? Yeah. Leaders do not need to know everything. And if they pretend to, then people lose trust. Mm-hmm. Speak to that a little bit, because I do feel like this is some of what we're trying to affect change on in terms of people's mindsets, right? Is like this, this whole old school 1.0 style leadership where they, they legitimately think that they need to be the expert they have to have it right. all together. They think that's what walking the talk means, right? Is they need to be perfect. Right. And know everything and always have the best idea. And yeah, I don't know exactly where that comes from. Um, I guess we can think about it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, in terms of the research around psychological safety is being able to like, there's, so there's one example of a CEO. She calls herself the, I don't know CEO. I love that. And like her most common answer to questions is I don't know. Yeah. And yet she's still the CEO. People have a ton of respect for her. Um, you know, like you look at their glass door employee ratings, it's like 97, 98. Like she's one of the top CEOs. Um, I don't know. We started sending out emails and instead of saying like, let me know what you think. It was like, I need your input here. Please improve. You know, it's just like a little phrase switch is like saying like, whatever I'm sending you, I know is not perfect. And I really need your input. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what builds trust. Whereas like, you know, even in this conversation, like I'm the, I'm the expert in the room, but like, I don't know everything. And there's so much like that I can learn from both of you just in, on this topic. Yeah. And if I pretend to know everything, oh, yes, like, you know, it's, we, we are very smart as humans. Like we know we've, we've survived millions of years figuring out who to trust and why we should trust them. And I think pretending to know everything is, is a way to lose trust. Yeah. And it's a waste of time if you're in it to win it in business. And that's all about growth, right? Because it just annihilates any growth potential in your people. I think that's one of the biggest things that I see in my work with, with leaders is just like, they'll come to me saying like, Oh, it's like, I, I can't delegate. I have to do everything myself. I'm so overwhelmed. And like, 
you know, because literally like, that's what they, they believe is true. It's like, I got to lead these people. So I got to do this thing perfectly for these people. And only I know how to do that because I haven't really empowered my people to step up and learn how to do it. I think that's also short sighted. Like think about good parents, right? Kid comes to them, mom, how do I do, you know, this math problem? Yeah. Should the mom just do the math problem? Here you go. It's done. Not this one. No. Exactly. Like, so what is, just because you don't know how to do math. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's that's why. No, I'm empowering her. I do time with, with, with my daughter. It's just like, but even when you know, figure it out together. Right. Or when you know the answer, you're still going to like challenge them to, to figure it out because you know that the goal is learning. It's not to get the math problem done. Exactly. The overall system is served by learning. Yeah. 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 I think that is the the bottom line. That's the fundamental belief, right? Is like a leader who can show up and say, I don't know, but we're going to figure this out, guys. Let's roll up our sleeves. Let's engage. Let's dig in. Let's come together. Let's collaborate. Like everybody sits up in their chair, right? Like you said, when it's time to actually go around the table and, and, and get the input because yeah, it goes right down to the, the jugular, which is the core value that a business needs to have is growth. Yeah. And it means the growth of your people, not just the bottom line, right? right? It's the growth of your people that takes care of the bottom line. Yeah. It's all about learning, right? That's it. That's it. <laughs> so Jason, like if people are out there and they're listening and they want to start building better or more psychological safety at their office, like where should they start? Uh, I mean, the, the global expert on the topic is Amy Edmondson and she wrote a great book called the fearless organization. She also has a couple of really good Ted talks. If you're just, you know, more visual and want to get the quicker download. Uh, and within that there's this concept she has called the leader. So she basically looked at all of these leaders who's doing a great job and what are they doing? And through that, she figured out they have three behaviors, which anyone can do, and you can start doing it anytime. And it's, she calls it the leader's toolkit. So step one, set the stage, which means emphasizing purpose, letting people know that this is important work we're doing, uh, your voice is needed. So set the stage, invite participation, and respond productively. And when you really start understanding these three things, you can apply it to almost anything, right? So this podcast, we start by setting the stage. We do the introduction. We let people know how passionate we are about this topic, the the person we're going to be speaking with, invite participation. I mean, you design your questions to invite participation. You're trying to dig into the next thing and then responding productively rather than just saying like, okay, great. Next question. Like, you know. (laughs) you're, you're bringing your own thing to it. So it's like, it applies to this podcast. It applies to the the business that you're in. It applies to every meeting that you hold, every, every important conversation you have with your significant other. Um, I think if you can really do those three things and just rinse, wash, repeat on that, and just get better at those three things, then that's going to make the biggest impact. And it touches on, you know, Susan, something that we've talked about before, right? Is like leadership is not just at the office. It's, it's in your life. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more than just, you know, showing up at a meeting at, at work and doing this. It's every day, all the choices that you make. Yeah, I've learned way more from my, um, my relationship than 
it's like I take, I learn all this stuff, I apply it at work, I feel great, and then I do something, and I get that immediate feedback in in my more personal relationships. So, like that's really the that's really the grounds where you you know if you're doing a good job or not. Because <laughs> she doesn't leave, right? <laughs> yeah, and she has high standards. Like, where in, in a work setting, someone might not let me know that the, the thing I said, you know, I have an intent. And there's an impact and like in a work setting people might, might not let me know the impact of the thing i just said but in my relationship i get that immediate feedback and it's challenging you know to i get that immediate impact all the time and that's why i sleep on the couch so <laughs> have a comfy couch that's right <laughs> so jason you know the last question we'll have for you before we get you out of here is like, what are your top leadership tips? Like if anyone's out there and they're like, Hey, you know, we want to improve our business. We want to become better leaders. Like where, what are your tips there? Um, so I would say, well, in terms of psychological safety, um, which I do believe. So, right. We're really after learning and learning is a product of psychological safety and accountability. I think there's no shortage of accountability. I think we understand how to how to apply that. I think psychological safety is this new thing, even though it's so rooted in our human nature. But so that, that's where I'm going to focus on is the psychological safety piece. I would say measure it, which is asking the seven questions um, from Amy Edmondson. And you can use the Freelance Organization scan as a way to get numbers behind it. So measure it, talk about it actually have conversations with your team. Most conversations are around like, how do we execute on this project? How do we improve our numbers there? Talk about how you work together. Set time aside to figure out like, what are our, what are our team dynamics? How do we want to show up? How do we want to relate to one another? And talk about it some more. You know, this is not a one stop, one step thing where you achieve psychological safety and you're done and you can move on to your next project. This is an ongoing thing. So yeah, I think it's about just measuring it and talking about it and continuing to learn, self-reflect. And it all really starts with you showing up as your true self. And that, there's a lot of obstacles in the way of doing that. So, And hopefully this disruption is going to knock it all out of us. Right, Jason? We'll see. <laughs> I, I do appreciate your optimism, Susan. Well, that's what we're all about here at the Leadership Launchpad Project. We're really trying to inspire that vision because I think this is what we see, right? Sitting at this table right now is like we really do see the opportunity of, of if we can get people talking about themselves and how they feel and all this disruption, we can open up space to create more psychologically safe workplaces all of that we're suggesting today is going to get people to lean in and engage and contribute more, which on the other side of that is going to be, you know, massive growth for not only for our people, but for our businesses and our bottom lines. And I just feel like it's so primed right now because yeah, like we can't afford not to be growing in all of this disruption. Right. If we're not growing in all this disruption. Guess what? When all the dust settles, right? It's like, where are we going to be? We're not going to be, competitive with all those organizations that have capitalized on this opportunity in that way. Yeah. And I think it extends beyond work. It starts to impact you at home. It starts to impact, it has, it carries over into every facet of your life. Mm -hmm. 
that's that's really what this mission is all about for especially Mr. Rob over here because he's experienced that firsthand, right? It's just like what that does to our mental health. Yeah. When we we have to show up every day to you know work environments that aren't psychologically safe, like it's it's not only is it not meaningful enough for us because we're human beings, it's like it can be really hard to sustain. Never mind growth, just like survival in terms of being able to sustain that from a mental health perspective, right? Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think mental health has gotten, you know, the, the stigma is getting chipped away at. And I think with this pandemic, I think we'll, we'll really understand the impact that mental health has on all facets of our life. And to me, I mean, the reason I'm passionate about this topic is I see this as, as making the business case for mental health. Totally. Jason, you and I are, are such peas in a pod. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, because I mean that's that's the reason too, right? Like Susan t- mentioned it, right? Like I worked in an environment where it wasn't psychologically safe, and you know I suffered depression, anxiety, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And and I I really do agree with you, right? It's like seventy percent of the workforce is disengaged. It's costing us four hundred and fifty to five hundred fifty billion dollars per year in the United States disengagement, right? And that's not even talking about the fact that, you know, the pre like absenteeism rel- related to mental health, because mm-hmm. like mental health is like the leading cause of short-term and long-term disability in people who are in the workforce. And it's like the stats just keep adding up. Right. And, you know, this is like, like proper leadership and good human-centric people-first leadership is the way that we can make a dent in that. And so everyone can engage, everyone can be happy. Mm-hmm. And not only just that, but we get business results, we get engagement, we're happy, we're we're making it happen. And I think, I mean, to be honest, that's what we're all here for. That's right. what we all want. Right, I, I think that's the biggest opportunity. That's why we launched this uh, podcast right now, actually, Jason, just so you know a little bit about the background is like, we see this as, an opportunity to capitalize on all of this heightened sense of awareness in regards to how people are feeling as they're kind of going to work every day. Right. Like, you know, we're obviously going to have to make a huge comeback here economically. Um, That's what we're tasked with. That's the next challenge that we're going to face when we start to come out of this. But I do think we have a chance to get back in the game in a way that changes the way the game's being played forever. Yeah. So that's why I'm so optimistic. (laughs) I mean, I, I find when people are involved in work like this, there's always a personal story. And I find, you know, everyone has a story. A lot of us are afraid to share it or we hold on to it so tightly. But I think, you know, I think that's a big piece of it is we've all been in places that are not safe, whether that was the home you grew up in, your first job out of college, whatever it was, like we we know that feeling of when it sucks to go to work or when you're just in a place that's like, draining of everything you have and then hopefully we've all had an experience of the opposite where it's like you just feel like ah, that relief of like you just get to be you know that thanks i did the same gesture of the thanksgiving but it's that yeah it's just that relief where you just get to be yourself and just get to express yourself how you are and you can bring up the questions that might seem stupid and have an idea that's way out there and that's okay and like through that we're going to learn a lot more and that's and that's the show for me. So, Jason, for everyone listening, if they want to find more about you and more about your psychological safety programs, like where can they find you? Uh, if you want to connect with me directly, I would say send me an email. 
So it's jason.eisner at system2.group. And then there's a website, fearlessorganization.com. So Fearless Organization is the book by Amy Edmondson. Uh, we have a partnership with her where we run um, psychological safety certification programs. So that's for external practitioners like coaches, consultants, and those sorts of people. And then we do internal programs for HR professionals, uh, learning and development, inclusion and diversity. So yeah, I'd say if you want to learn more, check out fearlessorganization.com or just connect with me directly and I'd be happy to have a conversation. Yeah. And we'll drop, we'll drop Jason's contact info in the podcast notes. So if you're looking for that, check that out there. For us, you can go to elitehighperformance.com slash leadership and you can sign up for the newsletter and see what, what Susan and I are all about. If you can and you're listening, you know, hit that subscribe button for us. We'd really appreciate it. And also tell your friends about and your colleagues about the Leadership Launchpad Project. And what we're doing also now is if you can leave a rating and review on Apple, it'd really help us. And if you want to ask us a question, put the question in the review and Susan and I will answer it on the show. So definitely do that because that would be awesome. Susan, is there anything you want to leave us with today? I just want to emphasize the call, right? Like, I hope we really all sat up in our chairs and leaned in. and We, we, we covered that, that uh, space around. We have a chance. We have an opportunity This in all this disruption. We have a chance to lean into this conversation, right? And really start to initiate these conversations at work with our colleagues, right? Or even on the home front with our kids, like we were just talking about with the homework, you know, all this homeschooling as parents are trying to navigate with our kids has opened up tons of opportunity and space for that level of conversation between my daughter and I. Um, but yeah, I just hope everybody is seeing that that vision that we have now so clearly based on this conversation today, you guys, we have a chance to not only get back in the game, but to change the way the game of life and business is being played forever. So let's all answer the call. We got we need you guys on this mission with us. So if you know of anybody out there who needs to answer this call, please share the Leadership Launchpad Project with them as well. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll leave you with this is we've all talked about today, right? We started off with leadership is not a, is not a rank, it's a choice. And that's what we've talked about in this conversation about psych safety, right? Is we can make the choice to show up, to be our authentic selves and to open up space for others in our organization to be themselves as well. And We'll leave it there. Make that choice. Make it happen. And let's get let's get it rolling. And everyone, Jason, thanks for joining us today. Thank you both. Really, really happy to be here and grateful for the opportunity. Susan, thank you. Everyone, thanks for listening. And we'll uh, see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.